Hi there. Welcome to Havala's podcast. I'm Havala, and I'm really excited that you're here today. Um, you know, I like a little mix of inspiring and being blunt, and I hope that you get both of those, that you leave knowing what's true and you leave feeling inspired to walk in that truth. That's my goal. So my suggestion, buckle up, my friend, because we are diving straight into last the last week of our series on spiritual warfare, and we're going out with a bang. You're going to love it. Now, I don't know about you, but when it comes to this topic, I get all fired up. I mean, we've been exploring the ins and outs of spiritual warfare. We've been discussing how to identify and overcome those battles that we face in the invisible realm. And no joke, I always say knowledge is power, but the knowledge not of the world, the knowledge of the spirit, right? Us knowing what to do. And so you see, spiritual warfare isn't just about wearing that cross around your neck or quoting a few Bible verses. No, it's about understanding the enemy's tactics and then knowing your true worth in Christ and then putting on that full armor of God. Yeah, we talked about that last week. And if you missed it, go back and listen to last week's because we talked all about the armor of God. And yes, my friend, we're talking about some serious battle gear. So make sure you put that on. Uh, Here's the deal. This series has been like an absolute game changer for me. And I hope that it's been that way for you too. We've been tackling topics like, you know, overcoming the battle and silencing the enemy and putting on the armor of God and, you know, taking authority over the areas in our lives that the enemy wants to well, pick on us or over or defeat us. And it's been real and raw and I hope it's been life altering. Okay. But guess what? We're not done on today's episode. We're going to talk about our last part of this series. We are going to talk about facing the devil. I know yikes, but you know what? I think this is a perfect topic because well, Halloween is this week. I mean, we, the enemy is real. We got to talk about this. It's not something that is just for specific people. No, we're in a spiritual battle. And let's just talk about the enemy this week since he wants all the attention anyway. Let's talk about how ridiculous he is, how much authority he lacks and how much authority we have over him. It's gonna be a good week. So take a deep breath. I promise um, if this stuff has ever scared you, this will not be scary. This will be empowering. So uh, yeah, go get your uh, walking shoes on, your cup of coffee, pop in those earbuds. We are gonna dive headfirst into facing the devil. So James chapter four, verse seven says this, submit yourself then to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. I remember memorizing this scripture early in my faith. And one of the revelations I had early on about this was that a lot of times we would, we would kind of uh, use this phrase, resist the devil and he will flee, resist the devil and he will flee. And we, and it's true, but it gives us the secret in the beginning of the verse. It says, submit yourself then to God. You cannot resist the enemy if you're not a hundred percent God's. Does that make sense? You can't live in both worlds. The Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, which means a double-minded man is restless. It's, it's actually what it means. It's restless in their, in their emotions, in their choices, and what they think about. And so the only way to have authority over the enemy is to be 100% in, in with God, in with who he's called you to be. 
and and 100% submitted, which means he gets the final vote over your life, over your future, over your choices. He gets that authority over us. When we step into the authority of him and who he is, guess what? Then the enemy can't touch us. He has to flee because God has authority over the enemy. This is important. When you are in Christ, think about this. The Bible says we are in Christ. That sounds really spiritual. And I, and I love that, you know, yeah, we're in Christ, but think of it as Jesus is standing there. And just like a child, you know, well, I remember having, you know, a big long jacket on and my kids used to hide inside my jacket when they were little, they would wrap their arms around my legs and you could almost disappear. They could almost disappear in my jacket because they were so little and they were inside. That's what being in Christ is like. It's when we step under all that he is and he covers us with his righteousness. We are safe. We are secure. We are, we are complete because we've submitted. We've, we've gone under his covering and now he is bigger, better, badder than we are. And when the enemy comes, he can't even touch us. There's no way that anyone was going to get my kid when they're between my legs under my jacket. Like, heck no, they are mine. And that's how we are with Christ. When we step in and a lot of us want to battle and I'm like, wait, wait, go back to you are in Christ. You get to go under his covering. You get to be clothed in his righteousness. You get to be safe and sound. That's the first thing. Don't face the enemy unless you know you are safe. Can I just say it that way? And how do you know you're safe? Well, it says here, you got to submit to God, which means I've got to take full, all of, all of me and give it to him and surrender. So when I say face the devil, what I really mean is that we need to confront him. And not just confront him, but resist him and all the forces that come against us. In fact, in 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9, it says so clearly, be alert and of sober mind. I mean, that's just like two different things. Be alert, wake up, and be sober-minded. Why? Because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now, before you get all scared and like, what does that mean? Just remember, this is kind of like an allegory of how the enemy works, an analogy, excuse me. It's like when the, you know, if you think about how the enemy or if the enemy is like a roaring lion, when do roaring lions hunt? They hunt at night or early in the morning. They hunt when we are outside of the pack. They hunt when we are vulnerable or tired. We are resting. And this is what he's saying is be sober-minded and alert because the enemy wants to come and get you, hurt you, maim you when you are vulnerable. And then it says this, resist him, stand firm in the faith. So I love that because it doesn't say run from him. It says resist him. Now, there are parts of the Bible that does say you need to lead, you need to run, right? There are parts of the Bible that talks about when the enemy comes, we need to flee and a wise man will flee. But there's sometimes in life, and the only way I know how to say it is, is like, you got to push back. You know, have you ever had a sibling that you're in an argument with and they're picking on you and they kind of shove you or they, you know, they kind of get close to you and push you and your first response is to push back? That's what he's saying in the spirit. When the enemy comes pushing, and you don't just, you know, go, oh, okay, I'm, I'm not going to touch you. I'm so sorry. Goodbye, goodbye. Or, 
oh, you know, you're really scary. No, we push back. Don't talk to me like that. Don't touch me like that. You're not in charge of me. You don't get to talk to me like that. There's a, there's a, an authority in which we say, no, this is not happening around me. And so when we face the enemy, we have to understand that we are confronting, we are resisting, we are saying, no, we're pushing back. So how do we do this? I've got a couple ideas. First one I would say is that we have to acknowledge the devil's evil nature. We have to acknowledge that the enemy has a very evil, demonic, dangerous nature, and he is not passive. He is not uh, harmless. No, the, the devil is very powerful. Now, listen, is God more powerful? Absolutely. Can he take authority over us? Only if we give it to him. Okay. But the enemy is at work. It's obvious. You watch the news, look at what's going on around us. There are the enemies at work. There are men and women that are under the power and the authority of the enemy, and they are hurting, abusing, you know, they're starting wars. There, there's a real demonic activity on the earth. And so when we face the enemy, we have to understand that we have to acknowledge that his nature is evil. He is out to hurt us. He's out to get us. He is on a suicide mission to take us to hell. And so that's not to scare us. It's to sober us up. Wake up, sweetheart. This is not a joke. This is a one life moment. And uh, the enemy doesn't want you to understand your authority or your power. So he wants you to believe that once the enemy comes to push, you better surrender rather than push back. And he wants to influence our thoughts, our actions, and our beliefs. So listen, the enemy comes and, and we have to understand that his nature is evil. And so we have to acknowledge that existence and we have to acknowledge that he, his influence, his nature has the potential to influence our thoughts, our actions, and our beliefs. Some of you, you've never thought about that, that some of the thoughts you have are just demonic thoughts. They're not who you are. They're not what you really think. They're demonic. They're arrows that have been shot into your, your thoughts to hopefully you'll take them and take them as truth and hold on to them. Some of them are demonic actions. Uh, there are actions to hurt others. There are actions to pay back. There are actions to do things that are really influenced by the enemy. And then even demonic beliefs. You know, I would say the enemy, the enemy doesn't just give us demonic beliefs that we buy into. No, 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 no. When the enemy came looking for Adam and Eve in the garden, he didn't say something that God didn't say. He used the words of God, but changed its intention. Did God really say he turned a period into a question mark? He turned a, a, a motive of purity into a motive of control. And that's how the enemy works. The enemy wants our beliefs to turn toward selfishness, towards our flesh, towards bondage, towards sexual immorality. That's what the enemy wants. And so we have to understand that our beliefs will be challenged and our beliefs, he wants to infiltrate our beliefs so that we don't stand up. We don't know what is true. And can I be honest? For some of you, you have bought into demonic beliefs, not because you have the wrong heart, but because you are immature in your spirit. You don't know the Bible. You don't know the truth. And so an influencer says something, a pastor says something, and you take it as truth. 
rather than going and figuring out what is true and building your life upon that rock. And that's your responsibility. And it's okay if you've been in God forever and you haven't done that yet, now's the time. I'll say this. Yes, the world is getting darker and it is getting more clear, but I love it because the light gets brighter. And so it's not, it's no longer, is that really good or is that really bad? We know what's good and bad. And now we get to partner with truth. So the first thing is we acknowledge his evil nature. The second thing is that we continue to engage in spiritual warfare. That means that we don't just, once we have some warfare, we go, okay, I better engage in this. But we understand that the devil is relentless and that his efforts to lead us away from our faith and righteousness is constant. It's constant. We are constantly being set up to be led out of a place of being in Christ. So we have to acknowledge that there will always be warfare. It's not personal. It's not just your life. It's every person on the earth, specifically those that are in Christ are dealing with a warfare. And so instead of being shocked or overwhelmed or disheartened by it, we just go, yeah, part of life. And I have some really powerful weapons that deal with it. So it doesn't exhaust me or take me out. So even when we have an advantage of God's guidance and his protection, the devil continues to launch attacks in various forms, such as doubts and temptations and distractions. You guys, spiritual warfare comes in those three areas. Spiritual warfare can be doubt, an unbelieving heart, an area where the enemy begins to say, is God really good? Is that really true? Did God really make man and woman for each other? Is marriage really true? You know, is that really bad? Is that really good? And it's just those little doubts that begin to erode our faith. Or sometimes spiritual warfare comes in temptations. You know, like maybe you're not getting what you need at home, or you're not getting it from your spouse, or you're not getting it from those that are around you. And so you're tempted to go out and solve the problem yourself. You're tempted to go out and just give, get what you need and realizing like, wow, that's how spiritual warfare works. Pornography can be spiritual warfare. It could be a place that's locking you into shame and locking you into anxiety and locking you into addiction. And that's your spiritual warfare. And you go, well, I'll go to a prayer meeting and I'll pray against the war over in the, in the other nation. And I'm saying, well, your warfare right now is in your computer. So how are you going to fight? Are you going to fight by continuing to keep accessibility to your device in your room? Are you going to continue to have your cigarettes in your glove compartment? Are you going to continue to have your ex's number on your phone? Are you going to fight? Are you going to delete? Are you going to block? Are you going to throw away? Are you going to start to fight back? That's what I'm asking. And then lastly, spiritual warfare can look like distractions. You know, if the enemy can't take us out, he can distract us. So all of a sudden we're trying to fight someone else's battle. Some of you are so distracted by your best friend's battle, you don't even have time to deal with your own. You're so busy giving out advice, so busy taking the phone call, so busy trying to figure out what to do for your adult child that you have to understand your your child is not the enemy, but the battle that they're in is distracting you from living the abundant life. And you got to fight back. You got to fight back. That's important. So first, we acknowledge the enemy's evil nature. Second, we understand that there is continuous spiritual warfare. And then third, 
we stand firm in God's authority. When we face the enemy, uh, facing him means that we stand up, we put our head up, we hold our ground with the authority and the power granted to us by God. It means relying on the strength of our faith, the wisdom of God's word, and the guidance of the Holy Spirit to resist the devil. It's not a passive stance. It's an active commitment to uphold our beliefs and values in the face of challenges. We stand in authority. I come in the name of the Lord, the Bible says. Who who brought you here? I come in the name of the Lord. Who gives you the authority? I come in the name of the Lord. Jesus gives me the authority to stand firm, to hold my head high. I have authority. And I want you to say wherever you are, whether you're on a walk, you're at the gym, you're on the subway, maybe you are listening in the car with your spouse. I want you to say it out loud. I have authority in Christ. I have authority. I have authority over the enemy. I have authority over the demonic realms. I have authority because of Christ. I want you to say it and begin to acknowledge you are not defeated. You are not, uh, you know, disempowered. No, no, no. You are powerful. You are his kid. He is your God. His blood runs through your veins. You have a God DNA now inside of you where you get to take all authority and power through Jesus Christ. And then the fourth thing I want you to remember is that you have been promised victory. That's right. You have a promised victory. So one of the key aspects of facing the devil is the assurance of the victory through God's grace. While the devil is evil, yeah, and he's relentless in his attempts to lead you and I astray, we are reminded that with God's authority and his guidance, we have the ability to overcome his schemes. This promise of victory provides hope and encouragement for us as believers to just remain steadfast in our faith. We have been promised victory. We have been promised, you have been promised victory. When you stand your ground with God's authority, you will have victory. You may not see it yet. You may not feel it yet. You may not hear it yet, but victory is promised. And here's the good news. I've heard it. We say it in church a lot, but it's the truth. You are on the winning side. So whether the enemy thinks he's, he won because you are being beat up or you're being, you know, hindered, guess what? Eternity is already promised. Damnation is promised to him. Eternity, eternal life is promised to us. And so the end result is victory for us who are in Christ. So I want you to consider what we've really learned in the last couple of weeks in this study. We've talked about the armor of God. We've talked about what it means to take authority, anointing our land and our desks and our kids' bedrooms and all that stuff is in week one. I want you to think about the reality that we've learned about the armor of God and how to put it on and how to hold those the breastplate of righteousness over us and the, the belt of truth to hold everything together. I want to encourage you to reflect on the war that you might be facing and the spiritual warfare that you are. And I guess my question to you is, are you facing the enemy? Are you crouched down in a corner watching Netflix? Are you actually saying, no, 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 not on my watch. I'm not doing this. You don't need to talk to me like that. Some of your warfare is that you're single and you want to be married. Can I say that can be warfare? That's not just like a no big deal. That's a battle. Lord, I want to be married and I'm not married and I want you to bring me the right one. And I want to say one thing to you if you are single and you want God to bring you the right one. 
I want you to just know, and this for me really helped when I was single and I, I did not get married until I was almost 28, which I know you might be 38 and saying, come on, Havilah, it's not a big deal. But all of us have our own battles. For me, I had to realize that I could be married tomorrow. I can get someone to marry you tomorrow. Okay, guys, it's not about being married. It's about wanting the right thing that God has for us. And so it's a battle. It's warfare. It's, I remember at one point I had been in 17 weddings and I was just feeling sad and disheartened and all the good ones were taken. And, you know, why is God letting me down? And I'm getting older and I'm getting, you know, I'm, I'm just not as cute as I was when I was 21 and all the things. Right. And I remember the Lord saying to me, you don't have to go to that wedding shower. And I was like, what are you talking about? Of course I do. Like, that means I'm not celebrating them. And he said, no, sometimes being kind to yourself is not putting yourself in the path of being in, 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 in facing your heartache or your heartbreak over and over and over. Sometimes kindness is, is distancing. And so for you, sometimes spiritual warfare might be, I'm not going to watch romantic comedies for a season. It's not doing my heart good. Or I'm not going to go visit that church or that school or that town because he's there and I don't like how that makes me react. And I want to, I want to just be kind to myself. I'm going to not let the enemy work on me. Does that make sense? Sometimes the enemy tells us we're not kind and what he's doing is he's wearing us down. And I'm saying it is not unkind. Be kind to yourself before you're kind to others, right? Like be kind and love God and love yourself and treat yourself like a child of God, not like somebody who's just there to be used. And then understand that there's a contrast between the devil's intent to shake your faith and God's intention to keep you steady and, and really to live in confidence. There is a, a contrast between the enemy wanting to hurt you and sending temptations and distractions and doubts. And yet God wants to keep you steady and he wants you to face your enemy and not be afraid of your enemy. I want you to understand that part of spiritual warfare is overcoming your doubt, like actually identifying the areas where you feel like God is not steadily holding you. Is there an area that you wonder, God, are you ever going to let this happen? And I feel like you're not holding me together in my infertility, in my, in my healing, in my relationship in my parenting, like, I, I don't know if you're holding me and, and I'm realizing that there's doubt in there. You know, one of the best things we can do when we start to overcome doubt is we have to actually be in God's presence. It means we have to put worship music on when we feel fear. We feel like we don't know where to go from here. We have to invest in getting his presence around us because everything we need is in his presence. One of my friends recently lost her mom to cancer and it's been heart, heart wrenching and we pleaded and prayed. And I don't know if you've ever been in a place like that, where you've watched somebody do all the right things and the end result is not as you hoped it would be. And while we were praying over her, one of our pastors said this so beautifully. She said, I see the Holy Spirit is saying, I want to attend to you. And I thought about that for a minute. She said, I saw him washing your feet when you woke up in the morning, just symbolically. And when you were sleeping at night, he was just filling you up in those areas of darkness and pain and grief. And I thought about that and I thought, you know, that is how the Holy Spirit thinks of us. He wants to attend us. 
That is spiritual warfare. It's not just grinning and bearing it, but laying ourselves before him and saying, okay, help me, God. I don't know how to do this. Will you wash my feet this morning? Will you fill in the gaps that I don't know how to fill in today? That is warfare. So I want to encourage you that this is who you are. You are a warrior. You are called to battle in the spiritual realms. And you are called to be a warrior that stands in spiritual areas with authority, resisting the enemy and watching him flee because he can't hang out when he, you are wrapped in the presence of God. So in the meantime, as we go into next month's series, and I'm so excited because we've got so many exciting things, specifically next month's series is going to be incredible. Our November one, you're going to love. I am not even going to tell you what it's about yet because I want to surprise you, but trust me, you, when you show up next week, you're going to love it. It's going to be awesome November. Uh, but in the meantime, just make sure you catch up on these episodes that you might've missed, you know, understanding the enemy's schemes, um, and declaring victory in the battles that you face is really important. And this last series has been jam packed with that kind of wisdom and truth. And you know, me, I don't hold back when it comes to sharing what I've learned. And that's what this whole thing has been about. So my friend, as we wrap up our spiritual warfare series, I want to leave you with this. You are not alone in this battle. You have everything you need to walk in victory. And I believe in you. So don't let fear and doubt or even comparison hold you back because your purpose is too important to let anything or anyone dim what God is doing in you. Tune in next month as we embark on a brand new adventure together and get ready to unleash your potential and to live the life that shakes the very foundations of what's possible. It's going to be wild. It's going to be challenging. And I promise you, it's going to be worth every step of the journey. Thanks for joining me on today's podcast. Remember, I'm here to be blunt and inspiring to push you into the best version of yourself. And until next time, my friend, keep fighting the good fight of faith and live life with purpose because you've got this. I'll catch you next time.